Yes. Good afternoon. It's Bernita Howard. I am the founder of SWAT, Survivors with a Testimony. I have my guest on tonight, Ms. Janine Hall, who's going to come to us bringing awareness through telling her story. And so just to give you guys just a little bit about who I am, Again, I am the founder. I am an author. I am a poet. I am a mother, a wife. And most of all, I enjoy advocating so I can see a difference in someone else's life. Um, you don't have to look like what you've been through. And that's just my saying. My life is my story. So we're going to have Miss Janine just to give us a little bio of who she is and why she's here tonight. Yes. Hey, everybody in Radio Land. My name is Janine. I am a poet, a playwright, a DJ, a web designer, a survivor of domestic violence. Uh, I have an organization called Purple Pieces where we go rescue men and women out of domestic violence literally every day. And uh, man, I am here. Most of all, I'm here with y'all. Hey, share my story. So that is awesome. That's one of the things that when I started SWAT, I wanted to make sure we brought awareness, not just to the women and have an outlet also for the men. So I'm glad to know that, you know, somebody else is thinking about the men because it's hard for them, especially not having an outlet um, somewhere to talk, you know, someone to talk to somewhere to go. And one of the things that SWAT just implemented was we had um, offenders who have reached out and let us know that, hey, I committed this crime. You know, um, I, I've, I've done it. I didn't really understood why I was charged this way. What is it that you guys can help? Can you educate us? So we do have a program called Embrace and Change. Um, that's going to be for those who have committed um, and have been charged with domestic violence. So I'm glad um, also, it's, you said your, your organization is Purple Pieces. Purple Pieces. I'm glad to know that they're also advocating for men as well. It is so important because men do get abused as well. So with that being said, we're going to give them just before we get right into your story, trying to give it a chance for some people to um, jump on, but Miss Janine, um, domestic yeah. violence, domestic violence has affected both of us. And I remember when, um, I, you know, someone told me that, um, oh, well you went through domestic violence. You know, I was like, uh, no, I don't think so. You know, I could have walked out, you know, um, just a little ashamed, but you know, if I didn't say this or I, if I didn't do that, because I truly didn't understand what domestic violence was. So in your own terms, can you let our viewers know what domestic violence is? Um, first of all, it's an ugly thing. It really is. Um, it could be, it could be like you said, it's so many people that's walking around here now that's in it and don't even know they're in it. Everybody just, when they hear the word domestic violence, the first thing they think of is physical, 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 mm -hmm. but it's not always physical. It could be financial. Mm -hmm. It could be uh, sibling uh, abuse. It could be emotional. It could, is of course physical. Um, it could be uh, spiritual. Yes. It is so many different forms of domestic violence that is just unreal. And 
by doing the work that I have been doing over these past few years, I've just been learning like, you know, different kinds myself because I honestly like verbal. I forgot about verbal. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the verbal is worse than physical sometimes because baby, like they say, like the power in life or death is in the power of your tongue. That tongue, you can say and some stuff that'll deep. slash somebody, that'll cut somebody deep. And mm-hmm. sometimes it'll be hard to come back from. So, right. yeah, but I've been learning about different forms like sibling abuse. I really never knew, honestly, about sibling abuse until a couple of years ago. And then I learned the other day that a lot of guys, the new thing they're doing now is pulling the girl's weave and hair out. So that way you're not leaving no bruises or nothing. And then calling Mm -hmm. the police on the female like she the one did something. So I've been learning that for the past few days too. So even though I have my organization, I've been through domestic violence myself, y'all. I mean, I have been learning like new stuff lately and I, I've been incorporating it, you know, like with my uh my organization and letting my people know like, man, I've been, I just learned this or I just learned that. So domestic violence is an ugly thing and like it's, it's different forms of it, but you just have to verify, you know, you just have to be able to know the signs and be able to know what to look for to decide or to tell if you in it or not. And then the number one thing is controlling. If you with somebody right now that's controlling you, that's telling you what to do, where to go, who you was with, where your phone, give me your phone, this, this, that's, that's, that's a form of a too controlling. And then you got some, if you with somebody that's trying to get you away from your friends or trying to get you away from your family, isolation, trying to start something with you and your family so y'all can get into it or whatever. That's another form. It's a lot of forms, but controlling narcissists, can like be a narcissist against you, can blame you for everything, say you did this, you made me do that, you the reason for this and you the reason for that. And now you really thinking that everything that's happening to you is your fault, but technically it's not your fault because just because they don't like them, they don't like you either. So that's what it is. So that's that's my yeah version of domestic violence. Get yeah, away. So exactly. Intimate partner abuse. Yeah. They will abuse you any way that they can. They will cut you sharp. Um and <clears throat> it's not easy. As you stated, um verbal abuse. I mean, there was times I would rather like just get the physical because eventually that's going to go away. But when you speak those things to me, you know, that gives me something to think about. And it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts. It hurts really. It is deep. And and so um, as we think about your story and we're going to give you, you know, to we're going to go into it. Um, but when I watched a little bit of your your story, you know, when I asked you to send it to me, so you were stabbed? Yeah. I got stabbed 23 times. Ooh. Um, got stabbed 23 times. Got pistol whooped every day. I'm talking about this man was the type of person, whatever he say he going to do, he going to do it the same way he said it. Um. Yeah, I got, I, I, he did a lot to me, man. A lot. Um, so you and, went through uh, physical abuse? I went through physical. I went to verbal. I went through emotional. I went through it all. Uh, the controlling and everything. I, I, I went through it all. It was really, it was bad. It, it kept getting worse. But see, the guy that I was with, we was together for three years. The first two years was like perfect, wonderful. 
no arguing, no fussing, no fight, no nothing. I'm talking, he was perfect. But then the third year, I just was like, what is wrong with this dude? Because every day something will happen. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But I never could figure out what the heck was wrong. And um, the only peace I had was when I went to work. But, you know, of course, you know, the phone calls at work, I had my bosses getting mad at me because he kept calling, wouldn't stop. They kept telling them to stop. He threatened one of my bosses with a baseball bat, came up to my job, was ready to, because I was in Atlanta. <clears throat> I'm from Chicago, but I was in Atlanta. And he just was like, you know, threatening my bosses with bats and all kind of stuff. Wouldn't leave, just a lot of jobs, like so many jobs because of him, because he, you know, would just act a plum fool. So, it just it kept getting worse and worse. So one day I just was like, you know what? I'm going. I'm I was doing collections at a law firm. So I said, I'm gonna go home and um if I I'm gonna go to work and let my boss them know that, you know, I'm I'm going through it. Cause they knew they was just waiting on me to say something. Say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to work and told them, You guys are right, you know, I'm in domestic violence, I'm trying to go get away. And I let them know, you know, that I'm not coming back. You know, when I leave today, I'm going home to Chicago because that day I got paid and I got my uh, my bonus check, too, because I was a bill collector. And so I was like, if I get enough, I'm going to go to the car lot and buy me a car because I didn't have a car. So I made enough, went to the car lot. I got me a purple Lumina and drove all the way purple. That's my favorite color. Baby. Got me a purple Lumina. How ironic is that? <laughs> <laughs> and drove all the way to Chicago. I just left everything. I'm like, forget this. My life is more important. So I drove back home and I forgot that my mother used to send me FedEx packages. So what he did was, he's from Atlanta, never been to Chicago a day in his life. So what he did was, was tore the address off one of the boxes, baby, get on the Greyhound bus and came to Chicago. So I'm walking down my mom's parking lot one day. I'm, it, it was just like something out of a movie, I swear. I'm walking down my mother's parking lot one day and I heard Nina like nah that can't be him because he ain't never been to Chicago nope nope no nope. so I'm thinking maybe I'm hearing things but so I kept walking so this time I heard my name again but this time it sounded closer man I looked and all of a sudden I seen him running across the street lord you should have seen me running oh my god I was so terrified and when I got to my mother's door, I'm trying to get my key to open the door. My key's fumbling, stuff falling. So he finally caught up to me and put a gun to my back and told me that if I don't go in my house, my mother's house, and tell her that I lied about him, that he was going to kill me and her. And at the point, I really didn't care about me no more because it was like, man, dude, I'm already damn near dead because you don't damn near kill me anyway. So I'm like, I just went in the house and was trying to tell my mom what happened, like, you know, without telling her. But she she kind of picked up what I was, you know, doing because she was kind of looking at the way I, I guess was looking at her. Your so. body language. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So she was looking at it. So then he gonna push me into my all right, all right, all right. If any one of you bees move, I'm gonna shoot both of y'all. And it just was terrible. So um he ended up staying like at my mother's house. We only ended up staying there for like a couple of days or so. And then one day my mother left and she went, I think she went to the laundromat or somewhere. I don't remember where she went, but she left. And during this time, this was like a 2000. This was like in 2001. So cell phones weren't really that, that you know, that, 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 that good where you can record and all that garbage. So <clears throat> he made me go back to Atlanta. He forced me to go back to Atlanta with him, kept hitting me in the head with that pistol and 
you know, talking about he was going to shoot me and kill me if I didn't get in the car. So we drove back to Atlanta. And I'm man, you, my mother gone. So she don't even know <clears throat> that I'm that I left. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we got back to Atlanta. And all while we was driving to Atlanta, he kept like hitting me with the gun, kept punching me in my face. He literally leaned on the door, like leaned on the door and raised his foot up and kicked me in my sack while I was driving. It just and you was, was driving? And I was driving. He just was like, it was bad. So, so he didn't even care for his own life because at that time you could have lost control and it could have possibly killed you and him. He didn't care about anything. So <clears throat> we driving. So we finally get back to Atlanta. The man was beating me so bad that his mom came outside and she was helping me fight him. Um, when the police came, of course, he left. You know, we couldn't find him or whatever. A coward always leaving, running away always from the leaving police. The scene. Always leaving. Mm -hmm. So I stayed at his mom's house for maybe like a couple of days or so. So I told her, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go back to the house and 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 grab, you know, my important papers and stuff because I'm going to get on the road. I'm going to go back to Chicago. So she was like, you sure you're going to be okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he probably over to one in the house. That's the girl he was cheating on me with. So I'm like, he probably over to one in the house. I ain't worried about him. So I went back to the house, not being worried, kind of like let my guards down. Wasn't worried mm -hmm. uh, anything. So I went back to the house. And as soon as I opened my door, because the way my apartment was at the time, you have to go through the kitchen, past the bathroom to get to my bedroom. So I, when I walked in my apartment and I walked past the bed, the bed bathroom, I just felt like a force that was on my neck that was so strong. It was like it was it felt like like a maybe like a ton of bricks was on my neck. And I'm like, what the hell? So I'm trying to tighten my neck. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to fight him. And so we fell. Both of us fell on our knees on the side of the bed. And the last thing I remember was the man was me, uh, like the kids say, doing number one and number two on myself at the same time. And uh, it was it was it was like, man, I sat safe to say I passed away and came back to life by the grace of God. So I was pronounced dead um, and came back to life. So that was the end of that relationship. So then I came back home. And my mom, uh, I was living with my mother back in Chicago again and got a, a, a call from the Ohio state's attorney's office. And they were saying that he moved to Columbus, Ohio, and that the case against me, against him in, Chicago, in Atlanta was still open because I had a long paper trail on him. And uh, one thing about Atlanta, if you were somebody for six months, they considered it being coming law marriage. So that's mm. another thing. Uh-huh. So they was like, he was dating a young lady in Columbus, Ohio, and they started fighting. So what happened was she got him arrested, but they knew that she was going to drop the charges. They just had a feeling. So they wanted me to come. And, and so the case against us that's still in, in Atlanta that's open. So we, I could come down there and testify against them so the charges can stick. stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I did. I went to end up going to Columbus, Ohio and ended up testifying against him. And baby, when he saw me, he thought he'd seen the ghost. Because last time he saw me, I was dead. I was dying. Ooh. You know what I mean? I was dying. Right. I was dead. So, um, yeah. So, so he, let's uh -huh. go back. Let's go back to that. So uh -huh. the last time that he has seen you, he was le He left you for dead. Left me for dead. Wow. Left me for dead. I, Cause I came back to a little bit 
and it was like really, 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 really blurry. My sight was like super duper blurry. But I just remember seeing him. I remember seeing him sit on the bed, on the edge of the bed. Then I remember him getting up, stepping over me and walking out the, like leaving out the house. And he literally left me there. So, so I he didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't care. He, shoot, he did what he did. He had to do. He strangled me to death. Thank God, by the grace of God, I came back to life. So let me ask you this. When you went back and um, did you ever go back and see if he had any prior charges um, prior to you? So what happened was when I was during during the court case in that in that in in Columbus, Ohio, first of all, I found out. I remember said I said the third year, I didn't know what was going on with him. He just was acting crazy. Come to find out he was doing cocaine. So when he was getting high off cocaine, so that's why he was acting so crazy. And then like when he'll get mad, he'll get to taking off his shirt, like he foaming at the mouth and stuff. So that's what that was about. So that's what I found out. Then I found out everything during the court case and come to find out he did have prior um, domestic violence charges against him. And so, yeah, so that, that I found all that out, you know, during the court case, but yeah. I wish, I, like I said, had I known, I wouldn't have never went there. You know what I mean? But the only thing that he did when we was together, like in the first year, was lie to me about his age. That was the only thing he did. You know, he didn't do anything else because literally he whined and dined me. It was, like I said, the relationship was good. But that third year, it was just, uh-uh. He was doing too much, too much. Stabbing me, pistol whooping me. And it's like, where's the police when you need them? You know what I mean? He shot at me in a crowded train station one day. I saw him, but he didn't see me. He shot in the air at the train, uh, the King Memorial train station in Atlanta. Everybody running around. He told me one day, pretending like he was sick. One sick, I'm coming home, bringing him some stuff, you know, for a cold. This man had my Nine West boot up under the cover, hit me in the head with it. I'm bleeding all everywhere, slipping in my own blood. I'm talking about he just did the worst to me and all this happened in a year. Oh wow. Yeah. So all right, you you go back to Atlanta. He he leaves you just about for dead. You end up going back to Chicago. Right. All right. Um when he left you for dead was the police called? What Honestly, the last thing I remember was being in the hospital. They woke me up and when I like when I came to like woke up in the hospital or they they had to end up uh re reviving me with the machine. What you call the machine that they put on mm -hmm. you? They had to end up reviving me with the machine, yeah. But when I came to, they was like, Miss Hall, we thought we lost you. And I'm like, Thought you lost me. What happened? You know what I mean? I Right. What happened? And you know, they was like asking, they they literally told me my name because I really didn't even remember my name or anything like that because of what I had just went through. But yeah. So like I say, I, I thank the grace of God, man, that I'm back and I'm alive today to, you know, to be able to start my organization and talk to people and get people out. Because when I go to my like go to rescue different people, I'm literally I'm being honest. I'm real blunt. I'm real honest. And I'm coming in the raw. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. I'm not going to give you time to change your mind, to think exactly. about it or nothing. Come on. You call me. Let's go. We gone. So, yeah, so far we don't save like 53 people. I just saved somebody actually yesterday. So make 54. But, yeah. 
So we thank you for everything that you're doing. You know, um, we thank you for having the strength um, to push forward. Um, I'm normally I'm not speechless, you know, but this is kind (laughs) of like, whoa. Um, And it's different. You know, I watched your story, but to actually sit down and talk to you about your story. Is you know, and and just to see like the strength that you have, um, and that's the whole purpose of this. So people can see that even though you went through, you you know you you still here to help somebody else, um, and you know it is by the grace of God that you're here, um, and, and so we don't take it lightly. Um, so let's okay. So after this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you go, you're in the hospital. So how did you end up going back to Chicago? I stayed in the hospital until I got better. And, uh, when I did, I just, uh, I actually had my brother, my brother came from Vegas and he came down to get me and we drove back to Chicago again this time. So Wait. you had a brother. How many brothers do you have? How many siblings? I have two. two. I'm the only girl. So did your brothers know what was going on um, at all? They knew after it got to like, like, you know, it's like bad, like severe, you know what I mean? They knew then, but while I was in um, Atlanta, like I said, he just isolated me so much from my family, from everybody, had me getting into it with people. I was in Atlanta. My family was in Chicago or, or in, you know, everywhere else, but I was the only one in Atlanta by myself. So my brother's baby mom, my niece was in Atlanta too, but they was like kind of far from where I stayed, but they was in Atlanta too. So they was, she knew, you know, what was going on, but you know, she, you know, helped as much as she could, but yeah, they found it out was like only that. it was only so much she could help. Yeah. I mean, that's something you have to be ready to walk away from. Nobody can make you because when you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. Um been there. And and, and I know. Um, so what was your brother's reaction when they found out? Um, when he had to come get you from the hospital and take you back home to Chicago. So my my brother is an ex-Marine. I'm just going to start with saying that. My brother is an ex-Marine. My youngest brother, you know, he, my youngest brother, he, he didn't get a chance to get to me, but my oldest brother did. So my oldest brother come to find out he wanted to do something strange to him. But he couldn't find him. And I'm glad that he couldn't find him because I didn't want my brother to be doing no life sentence over somebody that's not even worth the life he got itself. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah, God worked it out just fine that I was able to stay in the hospital, mind my little business, get well so I can come back home and start the life that I got now. You know what I mean? And, and, and then the funny thing, let me just go back. So. I did my documentary, and for those of you that's listening, I got a documentary on YouTube, got over 113,000 views, uh, called a Janine Hall story. Go watch it, please. It's 48 minutes full of power. But mm-hmm. when I was making my documentary, if you notice, I said in the documentary that in July, well, he, he went to jail and did 15 years straight, okay? 
he got out in July of 2019. That was the same year that I did my documentary two years ago. So he's out now and come to find out, see, while he was in jail, every move he made, they let me know. Because when he was in jail, he collect called me. So I hung up the phone from him, like, hold on, I put you in there. You think I want to talk to you? No, absolutely not. So I called the jail and told them to let me speak to the warden. I guess they say they ain't never had no call like this before. So the guy was like, Why one of the officers was like, What do you want to speak to the warden for? And I told him, Well, a guy that I put in jail for domestic violence for killing me literally is trying to contact me. I don't want to talk to him. So Maybe they was like, well, okay, let me call you back, see what we can do. 15 minutes later, they called me back. I was able to speak to the warden, and I told him what happened. I don't know what he said or what he did, but he never collect called me again. So when he got out of jail, he went on Facebook to find me, okay? Sent me a message on Facebook, but I didn't react to it because, you know, once you start reacting to messages, they can see everything you do. So I didn't even entertain a thought. But he went on Facebook and was like, I saw your documentary. I'm like, saw my documentary. Saw your doc. I saw this, your story. Your story. I'm sorry about what I did. Is there anything that I can do? I wish I could make it better. I want to say, I want to cuss him out so bad and go in <laughs> on him. But I was like, no, nah, Nina, just calm, be calm, be cool. And just, 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 just let go and let God, let God take care of it. So, because actually I wish he would, I'm not scared now. Like I used to be because the team that I got behind me now, the people I got behind me now. Yeah. All right. Let, let me, let me look like I'm upset about something. They're going to be like, hold on. Who did it? Where they at? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah. So he tried to, but I, I found out that, uh, uh, you know, stalking his Facebook page. Yes, I did stalk it back, and I figured out, found out that he's married some lady that he met as a pen pal in jail. They married now, and the only thing I could do is just pray for that lady. Just exactly. you know, just pray for, her and just because it God. don't stop. It, it don't, don't stop, stop, baby. He gonna start again. He gonna start again. So he did everything. He, my finger. I don't know if y'all can see my finger. It's yes. crooked. It's shaped like my '96 Lumina gear shaft that I had. Cause while we was driving, going back to Atlanta, I'm grabbing my car thing and grabbed it like this with this hand, and I was trying to hurry up and stop. Cause I'm trying to wait a minute. You fight me while I'm driving, and I grabbed my, you know, uh, gear shaft with this hand. It ended up like breaking my finger, crooked. You know, my fingers crooked. But yeah, he did a lot of stuff to me. Uh, stabbed me twenty three times, all type of stuff. I just thank God that I'm here. Did you have any children with him? No. Awesome. And Nothing. so, um, let's. I, I just want to rekindle um, because I hear you talk about how he was calling you nonstop when you was at work did he work at all no nope not at all you know was the type of person that you know gonna make plans with your paycheck tell you what to do uh take your money give you what what he think you should have he would take my check and literally give me what he think i should have the man with uh, like the, the normal clothes I had, he would take my clothes and put them in the bathtub, burn them because I don't want you wearing that. Don't you look at no other man. It was like I lived through complete hell. 
through that whole year with him. It was it was crazy because I ain't never experienced domestic violence before, never. So it was like to go through that. It was like wow, because <laughs> I always was the type of chick that you know I wish I wish the, I wish somebody would. I'm a blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But then you didn't do none of that. You couldn't do none of that. So, um, you, oh, Jesus. So he didn't work. You was the one working. Um, he controlled your funds and what made you like, because I know a lot of times as women, we're nurturers. So we like to give chances at the chances at the chances. And so um, when you began talking to him and you realized that he didn't have a job, he didn't have anything to offer. What made you continue to date him? That's the thing. When I first met him, he did have a job. Okay. But then, you know, once we started being together and stuff, the job that he had, he lost it. Because he wasn't going to work, you know what I mean? I had good jobs. So I guess that was all like a setup all in his plan to use my jobs and you know, to use my 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 job as his job, you know what I mean? Right. So he stopped working and then he started trying to use my paychecks, telling me what to do with my paycheck. Wow. So um You go through all of this, you um, get back to Chicago, and after you get back to Chicago, um, you get yourself together. Was that the last, like, was that the only domestic violence situation you was ever in, or did you find yourself, like most of us did, magnets to abusive relationships? Yeah, I'll mute Janine. All right, guys. For some reason, her phone went out. I mean, her, her, um, she went out, but um, she'll join back in in just a minute. But guys, um, as you can hear, um, and, and the reason we're doing these shows, it's a little touchy touchy for me um october is domestic violence awareness month and i wanted to bring you awareness with um someone who has not only been through domestic violence but someone who is able to tell their story and how they overcame she's back in okay i'm sorry you fine so i'm sorry um, um, no, no problem. What was your question again? I'm sorry. Okay, so you go through, you go in a hospital, and now you get back to Chicago. Um, I can't hear you. What is going on? Can you hear me now? Uh-uh, I can't hear you. What about now? I don't know what happened.
Uh uh, still can't hear you. I still can't hear you. <laughs> Janine, can you hear me now? Mm -mm. You want me to go out and come back in? Try that. Okay. Guys, for whatever reason, my mic is trying to go out. Testing the speakers on testing testing um thank you so much miss melissa if you guys can hear me let me know Okay, let's see what happens here. I'm now I hear you. Sorry, okay. guys. I'm sorry. All right. So you get back to Chicago. Yes. Okay. Um, you get yourself together. Did you um so what happens once you get back to Chicago? And like most of us, we always find ourselves um picking up the same type of men. Um you know, we become magnets because I know for me, I became a magnet to abusive relationships. So did you find yourself like that or no? You know what? When I came back to Chicago, honestly, it took me like a while to meet somebody. Um, I met a real nice guy in 2003. I'm talking about just great. Um, but the only thing that like kind of broke us apart from each other was the fact that he got locked up. So he was gone for a couple of years. Um, and in the, in the process of that, I ended up meeting another guy who was like, you know, he was kind of mysterious, uh, and come to find out he was, he was the same way. He was abusive too. But once he hit me one time, I was gone. I, I, I was out of there. I was I was gone. The man literally like I felt like he tricked me. If, if that even makes, you know, makes mm -hmm. sense, because he was making, you know, saying he was this kind of way and that kind of way and this kind of way. And just this end up being like this just a total man, just evil. Like I've never met this kind of evil. He was more evil than the guy that I was with in Atlanta. He was just evil. And his thing was he was fine as hell. So he he he'll get get a woman in a minute because he was so fine. But he just was he uh uh he was just crazy. <laughs> he was just crazy. So one particular day, the one time he hit me, the one particular day, I was uh I was at my house and he came over to my house and I was like I'm getting ready to go because I got a I got a uh, appointment that I go to so I'm getting ready to go. So I was like I gotta go to work first and I got an appointment to go to. So he all of a sudden just pushed me and knocked me down. He hit, I thought he had like literally kicked me in my face, but he didn't. He hit, he punched me 
and oh my god, I like my mark right here on my nose, all this right here shattered. I heard the bone shatter in my face, like I heard it right here. And so then he like held me down, made me drink urine, uh, beat me for like six or seven hours. I literally had to have my friend, her name is Latavia Crooks, and I say shout out to Latavia. Every time I can, I shout her, shout her out because if it wasn't for her, no telling how that would have turned out. So um, I had, she literally, I was on the phone. I was able to break away and go to the bathroom and I'm whispering. I'm like, I hope, I'm like, I hope you can hear me. I need you to come to this house right now. And I need you to pretend like you got to go to the car lot to pay on your car. And she was like, all right, I'm on my way. So she came and uh, I said, I'm going to leave the door open. So I left the door open. She came in there. And when she came in there, he was still hitting on me and stuff. So she was able to, you know, to get him off of me and stuff. So she was like, come on, let's go. So he was like, uh-uh, she ain't going nowhere. I'm going too. So I was like, yeah, I'm saying to myself, yeah, that's what I want you to do. I want you to come. Yeah, come on, dummy. I want you to come. So he uh he he got in the car with us. We went to it was Barnes. It's a it's a a place in Chicago on Cicero called Barnes Auto Group. They they here to the to the today. And it was a lady that because I had a Monte Carlo that I had brought from there. So I was going, that was my car lot too, anyway. So when I came, I explained to them what happened. He was outside on his cell phone, talking on his cell phone, walking around a lot, and she pretended like she was buying a car. So I was like, Well, let me go in here and asked him a question about my car note. That's what I was really, you know, was going to do. So I went in there and I talked to them and told them what happened. And they was like, oh, don't worry about it, no problem. So they called the police. He's still on his cell phone walking around like, you know, like like he, uh, the boss or something. So he walking around. Oh. And the police came. And when the police came, y'all should have seen the look on his face. He just looked like, oh, God. And they, like, put your hands behind your back. And they got to talking to him. And I told the police officer and the ambulance drivers what happened. And I was like, he made me drink his urine. And then I was like, do do is it a way I could y'all please take me to the hospital? Because I don't want nothing to be wrong with my insides. Because, you know what I mean? So they took me to the hospital. And the officer was like, how many people was it that hit you? I said one. Him. They was like, my God. They was like, it. it ooh, it looks. It look. It's bad. It looks bad. And so, um, come to find out, like you know, I went. End up taking him to court. I took him to court. I pressed charges on him. I went all the way with it. We went to court, and he hired a public defender. I'm not gonna lie, it was kind of good. So I did a jury trial. Uh, so the the jury, I, Lord. I just wish it, it would have been better because the, some of them jurors was just looking like they didn't care. They weren't even paying attention during the trial. They was doing other stuff. It was just bad. I was like today, I just had a feeling like today ain't going to be my day. And so uh, I ended up losing the case against him because the, his, 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 his lawyer's defense was that I got jumped on by two girls that stayed across the street from me. And the way I looked, it looked like I got jumped by a whole bunch of people, but I didn't only got hit by him. And so I ended up losing that case. And then mind you, the guy that I said earlier that I met in 2003, that I ended up going to jail. He was out. And I told him about what happened. And I was like, nah, you know, he wanted to do something strange to him. Just like my brother wanted to do something strange to the other guy. But I was like, nah, you know, it, it, it's cool. We just gonna, gonna leave it alone. So to this day, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I'm in like grocery stores and stuff like that, I have ran and bumped into him, literally. And the last time I bumped into him maybe was like 
last month, a month before last. Mm-hmm. And I just say, hey, keep it moving. He be looking at me like, you know, like he don't, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like Janine, is that you? One of those. And I keep it moving. I don't say nothing to him. Keep it moving. Because again, I'm not scared no more like I used to be. So, yeah. Y'all just keep keep praying. <laughs> so, well, all that you've been through, have you been through any counseling or therapy? Never been through counseling, never been through therapy. My poetry is my therapy, to be honest with you. My poetry helped get me through. That's why I got my book now. My book today is called uh, Memoirs of a Survival. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. Uh, I just look at it like this. What was made to build me actually, I mean, made to break me actually built me. So, yeah, I'm just glad I don't look like what I've been through today. Right. Can you give us, can you give us of your poem? Or one of them? Give you one more sure. So I give you the one that's called poor. It's called purple. Cause I was gonna do my other one, but I can't find it. But I'm gonna do um my called purple. It's actually my testimony piece. Um do it for you. She wanted him, but he wasn't good enough. She wanted him, but he wasn't good enough. That boy was poison. Poison. See, newsflash, she was told as a child that she fast, but she didn't grow up fast. And flash forward, she's grown now. And her childish tendency still wouldn't put him out the house. And newsflash, purple was her favorite color. She thought it was a Gemini thing. But flash forward, it ended up being the color used by millions to salute her story. See, he has his own clothing line, wife beaters. His fist abused her. His fist abused her. I don't think y'all heard me. I said his fist abused her because the H is silent. Nobody hears her. Nobody listens. How did she mysteriously fall on her eye? Hello, fist. Let me introduce you to I. Nice to meet you. See her blood? It doesn't even bleed blood anymore. It bleeds bruise. It bleeds bruise. It bleeds bruise. And just for that, his balls are blue, his balls are blue, his balls are blue, no sex. See, it was a song that we used to sing as a child. It was a one eye, one horn, flying purple people leader. Sure looked strange to me, one eye, because he would hit her in it. And it was a one eye, one horn, flying purple people leader. Sure looked strange to me, one horn, because it would come out of his skull the angrier he gets. So you can't have a Mr. Purple People Leader. You can't have her. And see, he, everybody knew it. Although everybody knew it. And although while she was singing this song cutely as a child, while not knowing her Mr. Purple People Leader, you were getting her prepared for her future. You were getting her prepared for her future because see Purple said it's okay for her to come around now because she's not writing from his ego anymore. And she hasn't seen her family in so long that mama done grade and daddy was going to divorce her, but he stayed. I said, mama done grade and daddy was going to divorce her, but he stayed. See, I wonder what daddy would have said if he would have seen her face. I wonder what daddy would have said if he would have seen her face because she she would make up to paint the picture the way her looks used to be. And she wore dark glasses to hide the dark secrets in her life. See, she, see, she, no, I, I would make up to paint the picture the way my looks used to be. And I wore dark glasses to hide the dark secrets in my life. And I wanted so bad to get away from him, y'all. But he had already marked my body with his abstract artwork as if somebody was going to ask him for a business card or something. See, purple. Tell me about self-esteem. Purple, 
taught me about self-love. See, purple was the color of the bruises that I wore on me each and every day. And it's hard for purple to cancel a lost and unwanted soul that was brainwashed by heat. And I would stitch the word purple across my chest and I wear it like a badge of honor. And I would bleed purple blood for each and every domestic violence victim who's not here today to tell his or her story. So the next time, so the next time any of you all ask me what happened, I'll tell you that my finger is literally shaped like my 96 Lumina gear shaft because he was on a war path while hitting me while I was driving. And I'll tell you that the 43 and the 26 stitches that I had to have in my face was because since I didn't talk to him, he saw it as a sign of disrespect. And I'll tell you that the broken noses and the broken bones that I endured was because since I didn't give him my money, he saw it as a sign of disrespect. Because on August 18th, 2001, on August the 18th, 2001, I got strangled to death, flatlined, gone. And see, God gave my life back to me and gave him 15 years strong. So please support Domestic Violence Awareness Month, y'all, not just in October, but each and every day because it supports my song. I'm so glad I made it. I'm so glad I made it. I made it through. I made it, y'all. Peace. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like literally have me in tears. Um yes. and I forgot to say that the pistol whoopings that I endure each and every day actually leave uh permanent headaches. I suffer from migraines to this day because like a lot, a lot, everything he did to me, I never went to the hospital for. So everything had to heal on its own. I'm talking about the stab wounds. Everything had to heal on its own. I only went to the hospital twice. That was for this in my face when I was with the other guy. And then that was for this one was from the one who strangled me. So those are the only two times I went to the hospital. I, he never went because he knew if I go to the hospital, the police going to be called. So, yeah. Um. Mm. So one of our viewers says, thank God you made it. Like it is such a blessing that you made. Yeah, um, and, and we do. We appreciate you. We appreciate your strength. We appreciate what you're doing out in the community. We just appreciate you overall. So we're going to begin to kind of wrap this up. Um What is it that you would say to a young woman or a young male that's going through domestic violence right now um, that don't see their situation as a domestic violence incident? I would tell them to learn them signs, know them signs. Uh, when you read up on signs about domestic violence, they are true. Read them signs when you with somebody that's starting to isolate you away from your friends and your family. You know what I mean? You have to somehow you uh, that's that's a sign of control. That's, they're going to start brainwashing you, making you think that, you know, they the only ones that you can get or they the only ones that want you. Know the difference between love and lust because love do not hurt. That actually is lust. You're actually lusting after that person. You don't love that person. So get away. And then another thing, keep your stuff to yourself. Don't let everybody that you with don't get too comfortable in your relationship to the point to where first of all, if you if you in domestic violence, if you was in a domestic violence relationship, don't tell the next person that you with that you was in one because they can flip the script on you and now all of a sudden you are here. I see why such such you beat your blah 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 blah. 
know what I mean? So keep it to yourself. And another thing, don't tell all your whereabouts. Don't tell where your grandma stay, your mama stay, your sister stay, your cousin stay. Don't tell nobody nothing. Kind of keep that for yourself. Because if you have to get away and run to get somewhere, you really don't have nowhere to go because you don't told everywhere that you could go. So remind, just remember that you're not you're not in, in domestic violence by yourself. Your family and your friends is going through it with you as well. You know what I mean? You just have to learn how to take your dang on power back. Once somebody has power over you, they have control over you. They can just guide you like a puppet with some strings. So take your power back, control your life. Learn, get, be with somebody that's going to love you. Guys, y'all go through domestic violence just like women do in the same thing, you know, the, the, the scared to get away, the, I think she going to change and everything. No, brothers, no, no, no. Because for years, y'all was taught to just hide your feelings and don't, you know, express your feelings. Let me tell you something. It's okay. Yes. And just because I'm in Chicago do not mean that I cannot come and rescue you. I rescue people in all of these 50 states. So please, if you are going through domestic violence or you know somebody that is in domestic violence, contact me ASAP. I'm on social media, Facebook, Janine Nina Hall. Uh, like I said, I got a story on YouTube. I'm on Instagram, Janine Hall 42 Man, reach out to me, and I don't know if you guys, if I can get my phone number out or not, but yeah, I, I just reach out to me, please. So after the show, guys, I'll have um, Janine to put all her information in the comments. So if somebody come back later, they'll see all that information because it's important. And um, if you cannot reach Janine, you can definitely reach us at SWAT. And if she's close by, hey. We do this because one can't do it by themselves. It takes a team of us to do what we do. Um, and, and you know, um, Janine, I, I, again, appreciate your strength, appreciate you coming on, and also appreciate what you do with Purple Pieces. Thank um, you. I know it's not easy. <laughs> um, uh, not at all. Not. But we do. We thank you so much. And to those that are listening, if you're in a domestic violence situation, there are some important things that you need to get together prior to leaving. You want to have all your children's um, birth certificates, social security, yeah. their yeah. medications, the name, the dosage, um, and when it's to be given. Um, your birth certificate, um, all the immunization records, um, a copy of your insurance, health insurance, car insurance, life insurance. That information is very important to have on hand. Your doctor's information. Um, always keep an overnight bag packed. So if you have to leave, you have mm -hmm. something in your car. Um, I always tell women, think yeah. about this. We always have a spare tire. Under the spare tire is a lot of room. Yep. Back your yep. information. It's important. Yep. Um, don't feel ashamed. Call the police. If it gets to the point where you're being abused, do not feel like it's your fault. You cannot control someone else's actions. For me, I was ashamed. I worried about what people was going to say. 
But at the end of the day, those people was going home and they was okay. I was taking the whippings. I was taking the verbal abuse. I was taking the physical abuse. Listen, every police department has a domestic violence um, program. Mm-hmm. Not only that, if if they don't ask for the special victims unit, mm-hmm. okay, they can get you what you need. It's time out for being ashamed. People are losing mm-hmm. their lives every single day behind domestic violence. Domestic violence is the third leading cause of homelessness in the United States. Mm-hmm. Domestic cause. Domestic violence calls is one of the top calls that come in to the police department. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you this to let you know, don't worry. Somebody else is going through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. But if you can walk away with your life, that's more important. That's mm-hmm. why I'm saying is my life is my story because I'm here to tell it. Janine is here to tell it, to tell her story. Mm-hmm. Don't allow someone else to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Get out so you can tell your own story. So you can help somebody else along the way. So oh, if, I forgot to mention my book. Go ahead. My book, y'all. I don't know if y'all can see it. I'm trying to get into the frame. I'm uh, bad at this. If y'all can see it, Memoirs of a Survivor. Can you see it? I can't. You this way. Ooh. Okay, there you, there go. you go. Memoirs yeah. of a Survivor, y'all. Tough Times Don't Last, Tough People Do by Janine Hall. It's on Amazon. Uh, if y'all want me to personally autograph a copy, you can cash out me, Nina Hall 70 or Zell 708-674-6022, which is also my number. Um, and I'll make sure I sign a copy and mail it to you guys. I, that's what I've been doing. I've just been mailing books and delivering them personally because I think everybody should get this book. It's going to make you want to fi- fight, make you want to cry, all that. So, yeah. And thank so y'all for listening to me. Put, mm, huh? huh? put that information in the comments. Also put your book there. Okay. Um, and um, send me all the information. We're going to highlight it on our page. Okay. So, um. So again, guys, um, with the work that she's doing, um, support her by purchasing her book. Um, if you have any additional questions, um, if you don't know if you're in an abusive relationship, um, down below is all the information about SWAT. We have all those this information that I just gave you. Um, it's on our website. Are you in an abusive relationship? What is isolation? What is domestic violence? All of that is scrolling below. Also, um, the week of October the 29th, um, we will be doing a fundraiser. Um, In order to do what we do, it do take money for every organization out here. So I ask you to donate um, to the organization. Um, all that information is running along the screen, so please donate. It takes not only that, it takes money to run the organization, it takes money to rescue. Um, so again, um, please donate, please help out. Um, also, Purple Pieces, Janine is going to put that information in the comments. Guys, I don't care who you help, 
just help so we can help somebody else. So um, again, it's not easy what we do, but we do it because we know that people need this information. So what I'm going to ask everybody who's watching, everybody who come back and watch, share this so they can hear her story. They can also follow her, store her documentary, the Janine Hall story um, on YouTube as well. And it goes more in depth. But again, thank you so much, Janine. Thank you to our viewers tonight. Um, You all have a blessed night. Come back next week. Next Tuesday, we have um, Miss Benjanita. She's going to be on. She's going to tell her story and she's going to tell how she overcame um, domestic violence as well. So come back next mm-hmm. Tuesday at 7, 7 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> 7 p.m. Eastern time. So yeah. you can hear her story. But um, to all our viewers, thank you guys so yes, much. Thank you guys. Good afternoon. It's Bernita Howard. I am the founder of SWAT, Survivors with a Testimony. I have my guest on tonight, Ms. Janine Hall, who's going to come to us bringing awareness through telling her story. And so just to give you guys just a little bit about who I am, Again, I am the founder. I am an author. I am a poet. I am a mother, a wife. And most of all, I enjoy advocating so I can see a difference in someone else's life. Um, You don't have to look like what you've been through. And that's just my saying. My life is my story. So we're going to have Miss Janine just to give us a little bio of who she is and why she's here tonight. Yes. Hey, everybody in Radio Land. My name is Janine. I am a poet, a playwright, a DJ, a web designer, a survivor of domestic violence. Uh, I have an organization called Purple Pieces where we go rescue men and women out of domestic violence literally every day. And uh, man, I am here. Most of all, I'm here with y'all. Hey, share my story. So that is awesome. That's one of the things that when I started SWAT, I wanted to make sure we brought awareness, not just to the women and have an outlet also for the men. So I'm glad to know that, you know, somebody else is thinking about the men because it's hard for them, especially not having an outlet um, somewhere to talk, you know, someone to talk to somewhere to go. And one of the things that SWAT just implemented was we had um, offenders who have reached out and let us know that, hey, I committed this crime. You know, um, I, I've, I've done it. I didn't really understood why I was charged this way. What is it that you guys can help? Can you educate us? So we do have a program called Embrace and Change. Um, that's going to be for those who have committed um, and have been charged with domestic violence. So I'm glad um, also, it's, you said your, your organization is Purple Pieces. Purple Pieces. I'm glad to know that they're also advocating for men as well. It is so important because men do get abused as well. So with that being said, we're going to give them just before we get right into your story, trying to give it a chance for some people to 
um, jump on. But Miss Janine, um, domestic yeah. violence, domestic violence has affected both of us. And I remember when um, I, you know, someone told me that, um, oh, well, you went through domestic violence. You know, I was like, uh, no, I don't think so. You know, I could have walked out, you know, um, just a little ashamed. But, you know, if I didn't say this or I, if I didn't do that, because I truly didn't understand what domestic violence was. So in your own terms, can you let our viewers know what domestic violence is? Um, first of all, it's an ugly thing. It really is. Um, it could be, it could be like you said, it's so many people that's walking around here now that's in it and don't even know they're in it. Everybody just, when they hear the word domestic violence, the first thing they think of is physical, 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 mm -hmm. but it's not always physical. It could be financial. Mm -hmm. It could be a uh, sibling, uh, abuse. It could be emotional. It is of course physical. Um, it could be uh, spiritual. Yes. It is so many different forms of domestic violence that is just unreal. And by doing the work that I have been doing over these past few years, I've just been learning like, you know, different kinds myself because I honestly like verbal. I forget about verbal. Oh, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the verbal is worse than physical sometimes because baby, like they say, like the power in life or death is in the power of your tongue. That tongue, you can say and some stuff that'll deep. slash somebody, that'll cut somebody deep. And mm -hmm. sometimes it'll be hard to come back from. So right. yeah, but I've been learning about different forms like sibling abuse. I really knew honestly about sibling abuse until a couple of years ago and then i learned the other day that a lot of guys the new thing they're doing now is pulling the girl's weave and hair out so that way you're not leaving no bruises or nothing and then calling mm -hmm. the police on the female like she the one did something so i've been learning that for the past few days too so you know i have my organization them so I've, I've been through domestic violence myself y'all i mean i have been learning like new stuff lately and I, I've been incorporating it, you know, like with my uh my organization and letting my people know like, man, I've been, I just learned this or I just learned that. So domestic violence is an ugly thing and like it's, it's different forms of it, but you just have to verify, you know, you just have to be able to know the signs and be able to know what to look for to decide or to tell if you in it or not. And then the number one thing is controlling. If you with somebody right now that's controlling you, that's telling you what to do, where to go, who you was with, where your phone, give me your phone, this, this, that's, that's, that's a form of a too controlling. And then you got some, if you with somebody that's trying to get you away from your friends or trying to get you away from your family. Isolation. Family, trying to start something with you and your family so y'all can get into it or whatever. That's another form. It's a lot of forms, but controlling narcissists, can like be a narcissist against you, can blame you for everything, say you did this, you made me do that, you the reason for this and you the reason for that. And now you really thinking that everything that's happening to you is your fault, but technically it's not your fault because just because they don't like them, they don't like you either. So that's what it is. So that's that's my yeah version of domestic violence. Get yes, away. Exactly. Intimate partner abuse. Yeah. They will abuse you any way that they can. They will cut you sharp. Um and <clears throat> it's not easy. As you stated, um, verbal abuse. I mean, there was times I would rather like 
just get the physical because eventually that's going to go away. But when you speak those things to me, you know, that gives me something to think about. And it hurts. Mm. It hurts. It hurts really. It is deep. And and so um, as we think about your story and we're going to give you, you know, to we're going to go into it. Um, but when I watched a little bit of your your story, you know, when I asked you to send it to me. So you were stabbed. Yeah. I got stabbed 23 times. Um, got stabbed 23 times. Got pistol whooped every day. I'm talking about this man was the type of person, whatever he say he going to do, he going to do it the same way he said it. Um, yeah, I got, I, I, he did a lot to me, man. A lot. Um, so you and, went through uh, physical abuse? I went through physical. I went to verbal. I went through emotional. I went through it all. Uh, the control and and everything. I, I I went through it all. It was really it was bad. It it kept getting worse. But see, the guy that I was with, we was together for three years. The first two years was like perfect, wonderful. Uh, no arguing, no fussing, no fight, no nothing. I'm talking. He was perfect. But then the third year, I just was like, what is wrong with this dude? Because every day something will happen, and it just kept getting. Worse and worse and worse and worse, but I never could figure out what the heck was wrong. And um, the only peace I had was when I went to work. But, you know, of course, you know, the phone calls at work, I had my bosses getting mad at me because he kept calling, wouldn't stop. They kept telling them to stop. He threatened one of my bosses with a baseball bat, came up to my job, was ready to, because I was in Atlanta. <clears throat> I'm from Chicago, but I was in Atlanta. And he just was like, you know, threatening my bosses with bats and all kind of stuff. Wouldn't leave, just a lot of jobs, like so many jobs because of him, because he, you know, would just act a plum fool. So it just, it kept getting worse and worse. So one day I just was like, you know what, I'm going, I'm, I was doing collections at a law firm. So I said, I'm going to go home and um, if I, I'm going to go to work and let my boss them know that, you know, I'm, I'm going through it. Because they knew. They were just waiting on me to say something. Say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to work and told them, you guys are right. You know, I'm in domestic violence. I'm trying to go get away. <clears throat> and I let them know, you know, that I'm not coming back. You know, when I leave today, I'm going home to Chicago. Because that day I got paid and I got my uh, my bonus check, too, because I was a bill collector. And so I was like, if I get enough, I'm going to go to the car lot and buy me a car because I didn't have a car. So I made enough, went to the car lot. I got me a purple Lumina and drove all the way purple. That's my favorite color, baby. Got me a purple Lumina. How ironic is that? <laughs> and drove all the way to Chicago. I just left everything. I'm like, forget this. My life is more important. So I drove back home. And I forgot that my mother used to send me FedEx packages. So what he did was, he's from Atlanta, never been to Chicago a day in his life. So what he did was, was tore the address off one of the boxes, baby, get on the Greyhound bus and came to Chicago. So I'm walking down my mom's parking lot one day. I'm, it, it was just like something out of a movie, I swear. I'm walking down my mother's parking lot one day and I heard Nina. Like, nah, that can't be him because he ain't never been to Chicago. Nope. Nope, no. So I'm thinking maybe I'm hearing things, but so I kept walking. 
So this time I heard my name again, but this time it sounded closer. Man, I looked and all of a sudden I seen him running across the street. Lord, you should have seen me running. Oh, my God, I was so terrified. And when I got to my mother's door, I'm trying to get my key to open the door. My key's fumbling, stuff falling. So he finally caught up to me and put a gun to my back and told me that if I don't go in my house, my mother's house, and tell her that I lied about him, that he was going to kill me and her. And at the point, I really didn't care about me no more because it was like, man, dude, I'm already damn near dead because you don't damn near kill me anyway. So I'm like, I just went in the house and was trying to tell my mom what happened, like, you know, without telling her. But she she kind of picked up what I was, you know, doing because she was kind of looking at the way I, I guess was looking at her. Your body language. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So she was looking at it. So then he going to push me into my, all right, all right, all right. If any one of you bees move, I'm going to shoot both of y'all. And it just was terrible. So um, he ended up staying like at my mother's house. We only ended up staying there for like a couple of days or so. And then one day my mother left and she went, I think she went to the laundromat or somewhere. I don't remember where she went, but she left. And during this time, this was like a 2000. This was like in 2001. So cell phones weren't really that, that you know, that, 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 that good where you can record and all that garbage. So <clears throat> he made me go back to Atlanta. He forced me to go back to Atlanta with him, kept hitting me in the head with that pistol and, you know, talking about he was going to shoot me and kill me if I didn't get in the car. So we drove back to Atlanta. And, I'm, and man, you, my mother gone. So she don't even know <clears throat> that I'm, that I left. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we got back to Atlanta. And all while we was driving to Atlanta, he kept like hitting me with the gun, kept punching me in my face. He literally leaned on the door, like leaned on the door and raised his foot up and kicked me in my side while I was driving. And you was was driving? And I was driving. He just was like, it was bad. So So he didn't even care for his own life because at that time you could have lost control and it could have possibly killed you and him. He didn't care about anything. So... We driving, so we finally get back to Atlanta. The man was beating me so bad that his mom came outside and she was helping me fight him. Um, when the police came, of course he left. You know, we couldn't find him or whatever. A coward always leaving, running away always from the leaving police. Always leaving the scene. Always leaving. Mm-hmm. So I stayed at his mom's house for maybe like a couple of days or so. So I told her, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go back to the house and 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 grab, you know, my important papers and stuff because I'm going to get on the road. I'm going to go back to Chicago. So she was like, you sure you're going to be OK? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he probably over to one in the house. That's the girl he was cheating on me with. So I'm like, he probably over to one in the house. I ain't worried about him. So I went back to the house, not being worried, kind of like let my guards down. Wasn't worried mm-hmm. or anything. So. I went back to the house and as soon as I opened my door, because the way my apartment was at the time, you have to go through the kitchen, past the bathroom to get to my bedroom. So I, when I walked in my apartment and I walked past the bed, the bed bathroom, I just felt like a force that was on my neck that was so strong. It was like it was it felt like like a maybe like a ton of bricks was on my neck and I'm like what the hell so I'm trying to tighten my neck I'm trying to look I'm trying to fight him and so we fell both of us fell on our knees on the side of the bed and the last thing I remember was the man was me uh like the kids say doing number one and number two on myself at the same time and uh it was it was it was like man I sat 
safe to say I passed away and came back to life by the grace of God. So I was pronounced dead um, and came back to life. So that was the end of that relationship. So then I came back home and my mom, uh, I was living with my mother back in Chicago again and got a, a, a call from the Ohio state's attorney's office. And they were saying that he moved to Columbus, Ohio, and that the case against me, against him in, Chicago, in Atlanta was still open because I had a long paper trail on him. And uh, one thing about Atlanta, if you were somebody for six months, they considered it being common law marriage. So that's mm. another thing. Uh-huh. So they was like, he was dating a young lady in Columbus, Ohio, and they started fighting. So what happened was she got him arrested, but they knew that she was going to drop the charges. They just had a feeling. So they wanted me to come. And, and so the case against us that's still in, in Atlanta that's open. So we, I could come down there and testify against them so the charges can stick. stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I did. I went to end up going to Columbus, Ohio and ended up testifying against him. And baby, when he saw me, he thought he'd seen the ghost. Because last time he saw me, I was dead. I was dying. Ooh. You know what I mean? I was dying. Right. I was dead. So, um, yeah, so, so he, let's uh -huh. go back. Let's go back to that. So uh -huh. the last time that he had seen you, he was le He left you for dead. Left me for dead. Wow. Left me for dead. I, Cause I came back to a little bit and it was like really, 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 really blurry. My sight was like super duper blurry, but I just remember seeing him. I remember seeing him sit on the bed on the edge of the bed, then I remember him getting up, stepping over me and walking out the, like leaving out the house. And he literally left me there. So, so I he didn't care. Got, he didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't care. He, shoot, he did what he did. He had to do. He strangled me to death. Thank God, by the grace of God, I came back to life. So let me ask you this. When you went back and um, did you ever go back and see if he had any prior charges um, prior to you, so what happened was when I was during during the court case in that in that in in Columbus, Ohio. First of all, I found out. I remember said I said the third year I didn't know what was going on with him. He just was acting crazy. Come to find out, he was doing cocaine. So when he was getting high off cocaine, so that's why he was acting so crazy. And then like when he'd get mad, he'd get to taking off his shirt, like he foaming at the mouth and stuff. So that's what that was about. So that's what I found out then. I found out everything during the court case and come to find out he did have prior um, domestic violence charges against him. And so, yeah, so that, that I found all that out, you know, during the court case, but yeah. I wish, I, like I said, had I known, I wouldn't have never went there. You know what I mean? But the only thing that he did when we was together, like in the first year, was lie to me about his age. That was the only thing he did. You know, he didn't do anything else because literally he whined and dined me. It was, like I said, the relationship was good. But that third year, it was just, uh-uh. He was doing too much, too much. Stabbing me, pistol whooping me. And it's like, where's the police when you need them? You know what I mean? He shot at me in a crowded train station one day. I saw him, but he didn't see me. He shot in the air at the train, uh, the King Memorial train station in Atlanta. Everybody running around. He told me one day, pretending like he was sick. One sick, I'm coming home, bringing him some stuff, you know, for a cold. This man had my Nine West boot up under the cover, hit me in the head with it. I'm bleeding all everywhere, slipping in my own blood. I'm talking about he just did the worst to me. And all this happened in a year. 
Oh wow. Yeah. So all right, you you go back to Atlanta. He he leaves you just about for dead. You end up going back to Chicago. Right. All right. Um, when he left you for dead, was the police called? What honestly, the last thing I remember was being in the hospital. They woke me up and when I like when I came to like woke up in the hospital or they they had to end up uh re reviving me with the machine. What you call a machine that they put on mm -hmm. you? They had to end up reviving me with the machine, yeah. But when I came to, they was like, Miss Hall, we thought we lost you. And I'm like, thought you lost me. What happened? You know what I mean? I Right. What happened? And you know, they was like asking, they they literally told me my name because I really didn't even remember my name or anything like that because of what I had just went through. But yeah. So like I say, I, I thank the grace of God, man, that I'm back and I'm alive today to, you know, to be able to start my organization and talk to people and get people out. Because when I go to my like go to rescue different people, I'm literally I'm being honest. I'm real blunt. I'm real honest. And I'm coming in the raw. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. I'm not going to give you time to change your mind, to think exactly. about it or nothing. Come on. You call me. Let's go. We gone. So, yeah, so far we don't save like 53 people. I just saved somebody actually yesterday to so make 54. But, yeah. So we That's thank it. you for everything that you're doing. You know, no um, we thank you for having the strength um, to push forward. Um, I'm Normally I'm not speechless, you know, but this is kind of <laughs> like, whoa. Um, and it's different. I, you know, I watched your story. But to actually sit down and talk to you about your story is, you know, and, and just to see like the strength that you have. Um, and that's the whole purpose of this. So people can see that even though you went through, you, you know, you, you still here to help somebody else. Um, and, you know, it is by the grace of God that you're here. Um, and, and so we don't take it lightly. Um, so let's, okay. So after this relationship, mm -hmm. um, you go, you're in the hospital. So how did you end up going back to Chicago? I stayed in the hospital until I got better. And, uh, when I did, I just, uh, I actually had my brother, my brother came from Vegas and he came down to get me and we drove back to Chicago again this time. So you had a brother. How many brothers do you have? How many siblings? I have two. two. I'm the only girl. So did your brothers know what was going on um, at all? They knew after it got to like, like, you know, it's like bad, like severe. You know what I mean? They knew then. But while I was in um, Atlanta, like I said, he just isolated me so much from my family, from everybody, had me getting into it with people. Because I was in Atlanta. My family was in Chicago or, or in, you know, everywhere else. But I was the only one in Atlanta by myself. So my brother's baby mom, my niece was in Atlanta too, but they was like kind of far from where I stayed, but they was in Atlanta too. So they was, she knew, you know, what was going on, but you know, she, you know, helped as much as she could, but yeah, they found it out. Was like only, it was only so much she could help. Yeah. I mean, that's something you have to be ready to walk away from. Nobody can make you because when you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. Um, been there. 
and, and I know. Um, so what was your brother's reaction when they found out um, when he had to come get you from the hospital and take you back home to Chicago? So my, so my brother is an ex-Marine. I'm just going to start with saying that. My brother is an ex-Marine. My youngest brother, he, you know, he... My youngest brother, he he didn't get a chance to get to me, but my oldest brother did. So my other oldest brother come to find out he wanted to do something strange to him, but he couldn't find him. And I'm glad that he couldn't find him because I didn't want my brother to be doing no life sentence over somebody that's not even worth the life he got itself. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah, God worked it out just fine that I was able to stay in the hospital, mind my little business, get well. So I can come back home and start the life that I got now. You know what I mean? And 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 then the funny thing, let me just go back. So I did my documentary. And for those of you that's listening, I got a documentary on YouTube. Got over 113,000 views uh, called a Janine Hall story. Go watch it, please. It's 48 minutes full of power. But when I was making my documentary, if you notice, I said in the documentary that in July, well, he, he went to jail and did 15 years straight, okay? He got out in July of 2019. That was the same year that I did my documentary two years ago. So he's out now and come to find out, see, while he was in jail, every move he made, they let me know. Because when he was in jail, he collect called me. So I hung up the phone from him, like, hold on, I put you in there. You think I want to talk to you? No, absolutely not. So I called the jail and told them to let me speak to the warden. I guess they say they ain't never had no call like this before. So the guy was like, Why? one of the officers was like, what do you want to speak to the warden for? And I told him, well, a guy that I put in jail for domestic violence for killing me literally is trying to contact me. I don't want to talk to him. So... Maybe they was like, well, okay, let me call you back, see what we can do. 15 minutes later, they called me back. I was able to speak to the warden, and I told him what happened. I don't know what he said or what he did, but he never collect called me again. So when he got out of jail, he went on Facebook to find me, okay? Sent me a message on Facebook, but I didn't react to it because, you know, once you start reacting to messages, they can see everything you do. So I didn't even entertain a thought. But he went on Facebook and was like, I saw your documentary. I'm like, saw my documentary. Saw your doc. I saw this, your story. Your story. I'm sorry about what I did. Is there anything that I can do? I wish I could make it better. I want to say, I want to cuss him out so bad and go in <laughs> on him. But I was like, no, nah, Nina, just calm, be calm, be cool. And just, 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 just let go and let God, let God take care of it. So, because actually I wish he would, I'm not scared now. Like I used to be because the team that I got behind me now, the people I got behind me now. Yeah. All right. Let, let me, let me look like I'm upset about something. They're going to be like, hold on. Who did it? Where they at? <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh so yeah, so he tried to, but I, I found out that uh uh you know stalking his Facebook page. Yes, I did stalk it back. And I figured out found out that he's married. Some lady that he met as a pen pal in jail, they married now. And the only thing I could do is just pray for that lady. Just you exactly. know, just pray for her. And just pray for it don't God. stop. It, it don't, don't stop, stop, baby. He gonna start again. He gonna start again. So he did everything. He, my finger. I don't know if y'all can see my finger. 
It's yes. crooked. It's shaped like my 96 Lumina gear shaft that I had. Because while we was driving, going back to Atlanta, I'm grabbing my car thing and grabbed it like this with this hand. And I was trying to hurry up and stop because I'm trying to wait a minute. You fight me while I'm driving. And I grabbed my, you know, uh, gear shaft with this hand and ended up like breaking my finger. Crooked, you know, my fingers crooked. Well, yeah, he did a lot of stuff to me. Uh, stabbed me 23 times, all type of stuff. I just thank God that I'm here. Did you have any children with him? No. Awesome. And Nothing. so, um, let's, I, I just want to rekindle um, because I hear you talk about how he was calling you nonstop when you was at work. Did he work at all? No. Nope, not at all. You know, was the type of person that, you know, go make plans with your paycheck, tell you what to do, uh, take your money, give you what, what he think you should have. He would take my check and literally give me what he think I should have. The man with uh, like the, the normal clothes I had, he would take my clothes and put them in the bathtub, burn them. Cause he, I don't want you wearing that. Don't you look at no other man. It was like I lived through complete hell that whole year with him it was it was crazy because i ain't never experienced domestic violence before never so it was like to go through that it was like wow because <laughs> i always was the type of chick that you know i wish i wish the, i wish somebody would i'm a blah 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 mm -hmm. but then you didn't do none of that you couldn't do none of that so um you Oh, Jesus. So he didn't work. You was the one working. Um, he controlled your funds. And what made you like, because I know a lot of times as women, we're nurturers. So we like to give chances at the chances at the chances. And so, um, when you began talking to him and you realized that he didn't have a job, he didn't have anything to offer, what made you continue to date him? That's the thing. When I first met him, he did have a job. Okay. But then, you know, once we started being together and stuff, the job that he had, he lost it because he wasn't going to work. You know what I mean? I had good jobs. So I guess that was all like a setup all in his plan to use my jobs and, you know, to use my, 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 my job is his job. You know what I mean? Right. So he stopped working and then he started trying to use my paychecks, telling me what to do with my paycheck. Wow. So, um, You go through all of this, you um, get back to Chicago, and after you get back to Chicago, um, you get yourself together. Was that the last, like, was that the only domestic violence situation you was ever in, or did you find yourself, like most of us did, magnets to abusive relationships? Yeah, I'll mute, Janine. 
All right, guys, for some reason, her phone went out. I mean, her, her, um, she went out, but um, she'll join back in in just a minute. But guys, um, as you can hear, um, and, and the reason we're doing these shows, it's a little touchy, touchy for me. Um, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I wanted to bring you awareness with um, someone who has not only been through domestic violence, but someone who is able to tell their story and how they overcame. She's back in. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. You're fine. So I'm sorry. Um, um, no, no problem. What was your question again? I'm sorry. Okay, so you go through, you go in a hospital, and now you get back to Chicago. Um, I can't hear you. What is going on? Can you hear me now? Uh-uh, I can't hear you. What about now? I don't know what happened. Uh-uh, still can't hear you. Oh, I went off mute. I still can't hear you. You want me to go out and come back in? Try that. Okay. Guys, for whatever reason, my mic is trying to go out. Testing, testing. testing. Um, thank you so much, Miss Melissa. If you guys can hear me, let me know. Okay, let's see what happens here. I'm now sorry. I hear you. Sorry, okay. guys. I'm sorry. All right. So you get back to Chicago. Yes. Okay. Um, you get yourself together. Did you um so what happens once you get back to Chicago? And like most of us, we always find ourselves um picking up the same type of men. Um you know, we become magnets because I know for me, I became a magnet to abusive relationships. So did you find yourself like that or no? You know what? When I came back to Chicago, honestly, it took me like a while to meet somebody. Um, I met a real nice guy in 2003. I'm talking about just great. Um, but the only thing that like kind of broke us apart from each other was the fact that he got locked up. 
So he was gone for a couple of years. Um, and in the, in the process of that, I ended up meeting another guy who was like, you know, he was kind of mysterious. Uh, and come to find out, he was he was the same way. He was abusive too. But once he hit me one time, I was gone. I I I, I was out of there. I was I was gone. The man literally like I felt like he tricked me. If if that even makes you know makes mm -hmm. sense because he was making you know saying he was this kind of way and that kind of way and this kind of way and just just end up being like this just a total man just evil like i've never met this kind of evil he was more evil than the guy that i was with in atlanta he was just evil and his thing was he was fine as hell so he he he'll get get a woman in a minute because he was so fine but he just was he uh-uh he was just crazy <laughs> he was just crazy so one particular day the one time he hit me the one particular day i was uh i was at my house and he came over to my house and I was like, I'm getting ready to go because I got a, I got a uh, appointment that I go to. So I'm getting ready to go. So I was like, I got to go to work first and I got an appointment to go to. So he all of a sudden just pushed me and knocked me down. He hit. I thought he had like literally kicked me in my face, but he didn't. He hit. He punched me. And oh my God, like my mark right here on my nose. All this right here shattered. I heard the bone shatter in my face like shh. I heard it right here. And so then he like held me down, made me drink urine, uh, beat me for like six or seven hours. I literally had to have my friend. Her name is Latavia Crooks. And I say shout out to Latavia. Every time I can, I shout her, shout her out because if it wasn't for her, no telling how that would have turned out. So um, I had she literally I was on the phone. I was able to break away and go to the bathroom and I'm whispering. I'm like, I hope I'm like, I hope you can hear me. I need you to come to this house right now. And I need you to pretend like you got to go to the car lot to pay on your car. And she was like, all right, I'm on my way. So she came and uh, I said, I'm going to leave the door open. So I left the door open. She came in there. And when she came in there, he was still hitting on me and stuff. So she was able to, you know, to get him off of me and stuff. So she was like, come on, let's go. So he was like, uh-uh, she ain't going nowhere. I'm going too. So I was like, yeah, I'm saying to myself, yeah, that's what I want you to do. I want you to come. Yeah, come on, dummy. I want you to come. So he uh he he got in the car with us. We went to it was Barnes. It's a it's a a place in Chicago on Cicero called Barnes Auto Group. They they here to the to the today. And it was a lady that because I had a Monte Carlo that I had brought from there. So I was going, that was my car lot too, anyway. So when I came, I explained to them what happened. He was outside on his cell phone, talking on his cell phone, walking around a lot, and she pretended like she was buying a car. So I was like, Well, let me go in here and asked him a question about my car note. That's what I was really, you know, was going to do. So I went in there and I talked to them and told them what happened. And they was like, oh, don't worry about it, no problem. So they called the police. He's still on his cell phone walking around like, you know, like like he, uh, the boss or something. So he walking around. And the police came. And when the police came, y'all should have seen the look on his face. He just looked like, oh, God. And they, like, put your hands behind your back. And they got to talking to him. And I told the police officer and the ambulance drivers what happened. And I was like, he made me drink his urine. And then I was like, do do is it a way I could y'all please take me to the hospital? Because I don't want nothing to be wrong with my insides. Because You know what I mean? So they took me to the hospital. And the officer was like, how many people was it that hit you? I said, one, him. 
they was like, my God, they was like, it, it, ooh, it looks, it looks, it's bad. It looks bad. And so, um, come to find out, like, you know, I went, end up taking him to court. I took him to court. I pressed charges on him. I went all the way with it. We went to court and he hired a public defender. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of good. So I did a jury trial. Uh, so the, the jury, I, Lord, I just wish it, it would have been better because the, some of them jurors was just looking like they didn't care. They weren't even paying attention during the trial. They was doing other stuff. It was just bad. I was like today, I just had a feeling like today ain't going to be my day. And so uh, I ended up losing the case against him because the, his, 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 his lawyer's defense was that I got jumped on by two girls that stayed across the street from me. And the way I looked, it looked like I got jumped by a whole bunch of people, but I didn't only get hit by him. And so I ended up losing that case. And then mind you, the guy that I said earlier that I met in 2003, that I ended up going to jail. He was out. And I told him about what happened. And I was like, nah, you know, he wanted to do something strange to him. Just like my brother wanted to do something strange to the other guy. But I was like, nah, you know, it, it, it's cool. We're just going to leave it alone. So to this day, I'm not going to lie to you. When I'm in like grocery stores and stuff like that, I have ran and bumped into him, literally. And the last time I bumped into him maybe was like last month, a month before last. Mm -hmm. And I just say, hey, keep it moving. He be looking at me like, you know, like he don't, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like Janine, is that you? One of those. And I keep it moving. I don't say nothing to him. Keep it moving. Because again, I'm not scared no more like I used to be. So, yeah. Y'all just keep keep praying. <laughs> so, well, all that you've been through, have you been through any counseling or therapy? Never been through counseling, never been through therapy. My poetry is my therapy, to be honest with you. My poetry helped get me through. That's why I got my book now. My book today is called uh, Memoirs of a Survivor. Tough times don't last, tough people do. Uh, I just look at it like this. What was made to build me actually, I mean, made to break me actually built me. So, yeah, I'm just glad I don't look like what I've been through today. Right. Yeah. Can you give us, can you give us a, of your poem? A one you Give you one more sure. So I give you the one that's called poor. It's called purple. Cause I was gonna do my other one, but I can't find it. But I'm gonna do um my called purple. It's actually my testimony piece. Um do it for you. She wanted him, but he wasn't good enough. She wanted him, but he wasn't good enough. That boy was poison. Poison. See, newsflash, she was told as a child that she fast, but she didn't grow up fast. And flash forward, she's grown now. And her childish tendencies still wouldn't put him out the house. And newsflash, purple was her favorite color. She thought it was a Gemini thing. But flash forward, it ended up being the color used by millions to salute her story. See, he has his own clothing line, wife beaters. His fist abused her. His fist abused her. I don't think y'all heard me. I said his fist abused her because the H is silent. Nobody hears her. Nobody listens. How did she mysteriously follow her eye? Hello, fist. Let me introduce you to I. Nice to meet you. See her blood? It doesn't even bleed blood anymore. It bleeds bruise. It bleeds bruise. It bleeds bruise. And just for that, 
His balls are blue, his balls are blue, his balls are blue, no sex. See, it was a song that we used to sing as a child. It was a one eye, one horn, flying purple people leader. Sure looks strange to me, one eye, because he would hit her in it. And it was a one eye, one horn, flying purple people leader. Sure looks strange to me, one horn, because it would come out of his skull the angrier he gets. So you can't have a Mr. Purple People Leader. You can't have her. And see, he, everybody knew it. Although everybody knew it. And although while she was singing this song cutely as a child, while not knowing her Mr. Purple People Leader, you were getting her prepared for her future. You were getting her prepared for her future because see, Purple said it's okay for her to come around now because she's not writing from his ego anymore. And she hasn't seen her family in so long that mama done grade and daddy was going to divorce her, but he stayed. I said, mama done grade and daddy was going to divorce her, but he stayed. See, I wonder what daddy would have said if he would have seen her face. I wonder what daddy would have said if he would have seen her face because she, she would make up to paint the picture the way her looks used to be. And she wore dark glasses to hide the dark secrets in her life. See, she, see, she, no, I, I wore makeup to paint the picture the way my looks used to be. And I wore dark glasses to hide the dark secrets in my life. And I wanted so bad to get away from him, y'all. But he had already marked my body with his abstract artwork as if somebody was going to ask him for a business card or something. See, Purple told me about self-esteem. Purple told me about self-love. See, Purple was the color of the bruises that I wore on me each and every day. And it's hard for Purple to cancel a lost and unwanted soul that was brainwashed by heat. And I would stitch the word Purple across my chest and I wear it like a badge of honor. And I would bleed Purple blood for each and every domestic violence victim who's not here today to tell his or her story. So the next time, so the next time any of you all ask me what happened, I'll tell you that my finger is literally shaped like my 96 Lumina gear shaft because he was on a warpath while hitting me while I was driving. And I'll tell you that the 43 and the 26 stitches that I had to have in my face was because since I didn't talk to him, he saw it as a sign of disrespect. And I'll tell you that the broken noses and the broken bones that I endured was because since I didn't give him my money, he saw it as a sign of disrespect. Because on August 18th, 2001, on August the 18th, 2001, I got strangled to death, flatlined gone and see god gave my life back to me and gave him 15 years strong so please support domestic violence awareness month y'all not just in october but each and every day because it supports my song i'm so glad i made it i'm so glad i made it i made it through i made it y'all peace <laughs> yes oh my gosh mm -hmm. like literally have me in tears um, yes. And I forgot to say that the pistol whoopings that I endure each and every day actually leave uh, permanent headaches. I suffer from migraines to this day because, like, a lot, a lot, everything he did to me, I never went to the hospital for. So everything had to heal on its own. I'm talking about the stab wounds. Everything had to heal on its own. I only went to the hospital twice. That was for this in my face when I was with the other guy. And then that was for this one was from the one who strangled me. So those are the only two times I went to the hospital. I, he never went because he knew if I go to the hospital, the police going to be called. So, yeah. Um. Mm. So one of our viewers says, thank God you made it. Like it is such a blessing that you made. Yeah. Um, and, and we do. We appreciate you. We appreciate your strength. We appreciate what you're doing out in the community. We just appreciate you overall. 
So we're going to begin to kind of wrap this up. Um, what is it that you would say to a young woman or a young male that's going through domestic violence right now um, that don't see their situation as a domestic violence incident? I would tell them to learn them signs, know them signs. Uh, when you read up on signs about domestic violence, they are true. Read them signs when you with somebody that's starting to isolate you away from your friends and your family. You know what I mean? You have to somehow you uh, that's that's a sign of control. That's, they're going to start brainwashing you, making you think that, you know, they the only ones that you can get or they the only ones that want you. Know the difference between love and lust because love do not hurt. That actually is lust. You're actually lusting after that person. You don't love that person. So get away. And then another thing, keep your stuff to yourself. Don't let everybody that you with don't get too comfortable in your relationship to the point to where first of all, if you if you in domestic violence, if you was in a domestic violence relationship, don't tell the next person that you with that you was in one because they can flip the script on you and now all of a sudden you are here. I see why such such you beat your blah 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 blah. Know what I mean? So keep it to yourself. And another thing, don't tell all your whereabouts. Don't tell where your grandma stay, your mama stay, your sister stay, your cousin stay. Don't tell nobody nothing. Kind of keep that for yourself. Because if you have to get away and run to get somewhere, you really don't have nowhere to go because you don't told everywhere that you could go. So remind, just remember that you're not you're not in in domestic violence by yourself. Your family and your friends is going through it with you as well. You know what I mean? You just have to learn how to take your dang on power back. Once somebody has power over you, they have control over you. They can just guide you like a puppet with some strings. So take your power back, control your life. Learn, get, be with somebody that's going to love you. Guys, y'all go through domestic violence just like women do in the same thing, you know, the, the, the scared to get away, the, I think she going to change and everything. No, brothers, no, no, no. Because for years, y'all was taught to just hide your feelings and don't, you know, express your feelings. Let me tell you something. It's okay. Yes. And just because I'm in Chicago do not mean that I cannot come and rescue you. I rescue people in all of these 50 states. So please, if you are going through domestic violence or you know somebody that is in domestic violence, contact me ASAP. I'm on social media, Facebook, Janine Nina Hall. Uh, like I said, I got a story on YouTube. I'm on Instagram, Janine Hall 42 Man, reach out to me, and I don't know if you guys, if I can get my phone number out or not, but yeah, I, I just reach out to me, please. So after the show, guys, I'll have um, Janine to put all her information in the comments. So if somebody come back later, they'll see all that information because it's important. And um, if you cannot reach Janine, you can definitely reach us at SWAT. And if she's close by, hey. We do this because one can't do it by themselves. It takes a team of us to do what we do. Um, and, and you know, um, Janine, I, I, again, appreciate your strength, appreciate you coming on, and also appreciate what you do with Purple Pieces. Thank um, you. I know it's not easy. Uh, <laughs> um, not at all. Not. 
but we do. We thank you so much. And to those that are listening, if you're in a domestic violence situation, there are some important things that you need to get together prior to leaving. You want to have all your children's um, birth certificates, social security, their medications, the name, the dosage, um, and when it's to be given. Um, your birth certificate, um, all the immunization records, um, a copy of your insurance, health insurance, car insurance, life insurance. That information is very important to have on hand. Your doctor's information. Um, Always keep an overnight bag packed. So if you have to leave, you have Mm -hmm. something in your car. Um, I always tell women, think about this. We always have a spare tire. Under the spare tire is a lot of room. Back your information. It's important. Um, Don't feel ashamed. Call the police. If it gets to the point where you've been abused, do not feel like it's your fault. You cannot control someone else's actions. For me, I was ashamed. I worried about what people was going to say. But at the end of the day, those people was going home and they was okay. I was taking the whippings. I was taking the verbal abuse. I was taking the physical abuse. Listen, every police department has a domestic violence um, program. Mm-hmm. Not only that, if if they don't ask for the special victims unit, mm-hmm. okay, they can get you what you need. It's time out for being ashamed. People are losing mm-hmm. their lives every single day behind domestic violence. Domestic violence is the third leading cause of homelessness in the United States. Mm-hmm. Domestic cause. Domestic violence calls is one of the top calls that come in to the police department. So Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this to let you know, don't worry. Somebody else is going through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. But if you can walk away with your life, that's more important. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying is my life is my story because I'm here to tell it. Janine is here to tell it, to tell her story. Mm-hmm. Don't allow someone else to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Get out so you can tell your own story. So you can help somebody else along the way. So. Oh, if, I forgot to mention my book. Go ahead. My book, y'all. I don't know if y'all can see it. I'm trying to get into the frame. I'm uh, bad at this. If y'all can see it. Memoirs of a Survivor. Can you see it? I can't. You this way. Ooh. Okay, there you, there go. you go. Memoirs yeah. of a Survivor, y'all. Tough Times Don't Last, Tough People Do by Janine Hall. It's on Amazon. Uh, if y'all want me to personally autograph a copy, you can cash out me, Nina Hall 70 or Zell 708-674-6022, which is also my number. Uh, and I'll make sure I sign a copy and mail it to you guys. I, that's what I've been doing. I've just been mailing books and delivering them personally because I think everybody should get this book. It's going to make you want to fight, make you want to cry, all that. So, yeah. And thank so y'all for listening to me. Put, mm-hmm. huh? put that information in the comments. Also put your book there. Okay. Um, and um, send me all that information. We're going to highlight it on our page. 
Okay. So, um, so again, guys, um, with the work that she's doing, um, support her by purchasing her book. Um, if you have any additional questions, um, if you don't know if you're in an abusive relationship, um, down below is all the information about SWAT. We have all those, this information that I just gave you. Nice. Um, it's on our website. Are you in an abusive relationship? What is isolation? What is domestic violence? All of that is scrolling below. Also, um, the week of October the 29th, um, we will be doing a fundraiser. Um, in order to do what we do, it do take money for every organization out here. So yeah. I ask you to donate um, to the organization. Um, all that information is running along the screen. So please donate. It takes, not only that, it takes money to run the organization. It takes money to rescue. Um, so again, um, please donate. Please help out. Um, also, Purple Pieces, Janine is going to put that information in the comments. Guys, I don't care who you help, just help so we can help somebody else. Yeah. So, um, again, it's not easy what we do, but we do it because we know that people need this information. So what I'm going to ask everybody who's watching, everybody who come back and watch, share this so they can hear her story. They can also follow her, store her documentary, the Janine Hall story yeah. um, on YouTube as well. And it goes more in depth. But again, thank you so much, Janine. Thank you to our viewers no here tonight. Um, you all have a blessed night. Come back next week. Next Tuesday, we have um, Miss Ben Janita. She's going to be on. She's going to tell her story and she's going to tell how she overcame um domestic violence as well so come back next mm -hmm. tuesday at 7 7 p.m eastern time <laughs> 7 p.m eastern time so yeah. you can hear her story but um to all our viewers thank you guys so yes, much thank you guys you all